Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Imagine you designed a company from the ground up, knowing that you would be 100% remote. What would be the most important thing to do? Design your values that appreciate you're a 100% remote organization and live them fully every single day. That is what John Bernadovich, founder and Bridget Klein, director of marketing, do to lead Willery, a leading HR and payroll solutions provider in the Midwest. John has designed a company that measures its success by how people feel every single day. He looks at how he and his cadre of managers makes each employee feel, how each colleague makes the other colleagues feel, and how the purpose of the business makes each employee feel. Through focusing on how people feel and the overall value of generosity, employees can focus, solve problems, and subsequently reach out to help each other when any situation arises. You're going to love John and Bridget and learn a lot about leadership, values, humility, and the tools to run a fully remote company where employees come to work every day, excited to interact with their teammates and support the mission. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. We are so excited to have from uh, from Willery, the founder of Willery, John Bernadovich, um, who is the founder of Willery, and Bridget Klein, who is, founder was an easy title, but Bridget's <laughs> title is Enthusiastic Operational Cheerleader. And so, <laughs> so John, I'm sorry your title's not that interesting, but um, uh, just tell us a little bit uh, about the history of Willery and what you guys are doing and where, where, are, you, where are you located? Yeah, thanks, Mitch and Ginny and Bridget for joining. I, I'll say this. I am not a big title guy, so uh, f founder f felt maybe m most appropriate, although you can call me pretty much anything that you want because I've done pretty much everything that, that that's happened inside of Willery from marketing to accounting to payroll to sales to fill in the blank. I guess that's what uh, owners that, that are, are sole owners that start companies do. But um, back in 2010, I founded Willery after a journey, uh, kind of 15-year career journey before that, having worked in the outsourced HR and payroll space, and then I got into executive search. And as it turned out, a lot of the business that I was doing with clients was focused solely in HR and payroll, um, or uh, focused quite a bit in HR and payroll. And so we did other work at my search firm. Uh, but it turned out that uh, there was definitely a unique niche within that human resource and payroll capacity. And so uh, long story short, my wife had our second child, Mallory. I went to work from home for about a month once uh, she acclimated her, uh, Mallory, and my wife to uh, having a second child. And I also wanted to make sure my son, Will, did not throw Mallory in the trash can, which he threatened to do once or twice before she arrived. And so uh, I worked from home. Uh, for that first uh, that first week, I actually did, didn't do any work. We just kind of acclimated. Then I, I got back to working and I worked from home for a bit and I found myself to be incredibly productive. 
and you know, enjoying my time. It was a finite time that I'd have because we had a, a newborn baby at home and a two-year-old. And uh, from there, I returned back to my my um, you know kind of partnership uh, relationship in my executive search firm, and I, I felt a void. I missed things. I missed my family. And then one day, I told my wife, I said, I I need to do something different, and that something different needs to be me working from home all the time. And her she her eyes lit up. But then she said, oh, my gosh, that means you're going to quit your job or start a new business. And it was right at the tail end of the recession uh, as we look back. So it was a, a tad bit crazy. Uh, but I made a promise to my wife um, that if it didn't work out in the first six months, I'd go back and get a corporate sales gig somewhere that was work from home. Um, that I definitely decided I wanted to do. And so uh, I founded Willery actually on my birthday uh, 10 years ago on October 25th. And we'll be celebrating 10 years uh, coming up here in a few months. Uh, it has been a unique and fun-filled ride. I've been blessed to have hired some really great people like Bridget. Uh, first two people that we hired in the firm, uh, Jamie Myers and Bob Haas, are both still with the company. And so we've done something right in serving the HR and payroll community with our search, staff, AUG, and consulting services. But also, I think... Primarily why I think I'm a guest or we're a guest on this show is that we do remote work really well and uh, we do it for our, we, we do support our clients uh, mostly virtually pre-COVID and obviously all virtually now. And we've we found a format I think that really works and has made sense for, for our clients, for our employees uh, and, and for the people that we serve. Great. Thanks, John. So, so Bridget, what is what is unique about the um, the culture at Willery and and how are you? able to maintain it virtually over the last 10 years? So I love that question because I think working for Willery is totally like working for any other organization I have ever experienced. Um, when I was looking to make a change, I knew I wanted something work from home and I didn't do enough research and did not realize that Willery was work from home when I applied. I think that's the first time John has actually heard that statement. And but once I heard that, I knew that's what I wanted. I, because working remotely, allowing me to really get in and focus when in an, an environment that is conducive. Um, so you have that piece. And then you have the flexibility. Um, we believe in a family first environment. So that creates a unique culture. But also, you know, before I had my daughter, I was much more of a night owl. And so, also when she was a baby, I would be working at 1, 2 a.m. and holding those emails. But um, it's beyond that, I think we really have taken the time to develop our core values. And by utilizing and believing in those core values, we've created a culture that even when we don't see each other every single day, we know the culture. Um Seeking to understand is really important, and it becomes even more important when you're in, an, in a virtual environment because we all know how complicated email can be without tone. And so mm -hmm. sometimes just understanding where that person is coming from helps immensely kind of before you get into trouble without tone. Could you share with me, uh, Bridget, what, what are some of the attributes of the culture Um that um, someone who's used to working like in an office um, that you guys uh, have as part of your core that are, are kind of, um, you know, that really engage you as an employee? I think one of the biggest things that's part of our culture that maybe even isn't stated is a giving attitude. 
Um, we really kind of, it's always an all hands on deck. Like if someone is going through something, it's like, how can I help you? How can I take something off your plate? It's really, truly trying to make everyone successful and what that looks like in terms of ebbs and flows. Um, and then also in a sense that as a team, we have to be open to change because, our world is constantly changing pre-COVID and we don't have those kind of off the cuff hallway conversations for collaboration. So sometimes those changes kind of come in a different way. So just being giving and then open to change as well. That's great. And then um, John, what are some of the ways that you actually do collaborate? Um, uh, Cause, cause again, most people are used to collaborating like in a room with other people around, like how do you create that sense of collaboration and, and does it flow throughout your entire company? Yeah. So, um, one of the things that we, and, and Bridget maybe left this part out, one of the, one of the core values within our firm is, is greatness through accountability. So we went mm-hmm. through, um, the entire kind of journey with emotional intelligence and crucial conversations and crucial accountability. And in order for you to be great at what you do, I think you need to be personally accountable and, and manage to that um, yourself, as well as be open to um, collaboration and communication from peers, colleagues, clients, the owner, founder, uh, in, in this case. So uh, for the collaboration process that we go through at the firm is we, ha- we have a lot of forced kind of scheduled brief meetings that are standard across kind of joint departmental meetings. So as an example, Bridget and I uh, just hopped off of a client relations and sales uh, debrief call to where, which we have every Tuesday at nine and we do some, you know, outbound calling and then we get back together at noon and collaborate on how we did. So those that we have a lot of, and when I say a lot, probably about eight ish, eight to nine standing weekly calls of things that are really important to the business. So we have a, mm-hmm. a weekly like firm-wide meeting, Monday mornings. Uh, we do a, a kind of a staffing call, you know, Mondays and Thursdays. So we have kind of on the calendar, you can't kind of get around it. And we have a set agenda and everybody's there and it's kind of a, a part of the day um, and a part of the week. So we can't get, we can't, we, we're forced to collaborate because the, the outlook causes us to. And then in addition to that, the, the business that we're in, uh, we, we, we typically, it starts with a marketing campaign and a, and a program and kind of a presence in the community that Bridget drives. And then that leads into a sales opportunity, which our sales team uh, is supporting. And then once we get the client, then it works through our client relations team. And then our staffing partners ended up take some component of that. And then that leads to either a placement or a consulting project. So you could have you know f- five different departments Intertwined without one particular, intertwined within one project within a week's time, um, and so so we 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 the business is innately collaborative, and uh, I I am all about communication, about making mistakes, about you know as as uh, Bridget has said, seeking to understand, um, you know, cl- clarifying points so that you get you get it right for the client. I'm I'm a big uh, let's not let's not be right, let's get it right. Uh, it's, it's really important that we fig- figure things out that are best for the client and then ultimately then for our employees and then ultimately best then for the firm. Uh, and then and then last but not least, within within the COVID times, um, pre-COVID, we would have monthly meetings in person. So when I was asked about how do you maintain a culture within a, within a virtual environment, 
one of the one of the the unique parts of that you still have to get together as people mm-hmm. right just not everybody working from home and never interacting with one another so we forced ourselves uh, every other month to get together for team trainings and they felt almost like high school reunions like oh my gosh I haven't seen you in a while how are the kids what's going on like a lot of fun loving and I'd have to like corral the group into like hey, we actually have to work here today uh, so so we did that and then when that went away we've had we have a monthly lunch every second Friday of the month we have a team lunch where we get on Zoom and we're not allowed to talk about work you just talk about what's going on in the world and then uh, we have a every month happy hour about four o'clock um, uh, a random Thursday of the month where we again get together. And the, the coolest part about that is by the end of the call, everybody's ready to roll, but the, the kids or the spouses end up showing in the back of the Zoom. So the uh, the scenery happens. Um, so it's 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 forced collaboration with the scheduled events. And then it's it's impromptu um, collaboration throughout the course of business and some of these some of these social hours that we do. Great. What kind of um, tools do you use, if any? Uh, for the workflow itself. So you all are on Zoom. You're talking about this account, that account's going over to this group, that group. Where is it in the stages? Um, yeah. Tools yes. for that. So first off, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of, probably one of the best business decisions I made, is that we went to Office 365. We were, we were the, I think, the, the one of the first 10 clients that the Microsoft partner that we we used implemented Microsoft Office 365. And that was, I want to say, eight years ago. So we've been on that platform for a long time. Our data is all in the cloud. So it, it we collaborate through SharePoint uh, for that, through Microsoft Office 365. We use all the Office platform tools, Teams, previously Skype, uh, to try to communicate with each other. If we have a larger event where we need something you know, more more. Uh, stable, we'll use Zoom because we just find it to be a, a, a more stable kind of larger platform for us to use. And then we have we have uh, our internal applicant tracking system and CRM is unified. And then Bridget uses a tool called HubSpot for our our digital marketing tools. And th- and they they all they all are interconnected with each other. Not perfectly interconnected because we are a small company, but they're generally interconnected. So the systems help us. Um, through that. And I, I would say probably the main thing being a technology-based consulting firm, uh, we let the tech drive our process as much as we possibly can. Right. What's, what's built within it, um, within the applicant tracking system, like their sales process is our sales process. So, And John, don't forget about Smartsheet. It's Smartsheet, our... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're probably better to share that. We recently started to use Smartsheet as a kind of project management, virtual project management tool, which is become an exceptional tool for the firm. So yeah, and for and, people and, who don't know ahead. what Smartsheet is, it's kind of a hybrid between um Trello, Excel, and then it has these great dashboard and reporting capabilities that allow you to really understand the health of a project, where things are status-wise without having to, you know, constant update emails. But then it also helps us with kind of performance evaluation and that kind of thing. Wow, that's excellent. And one more question along that line. So you decide, hey, we're all going to use Smartsheet. How do you introduce that? Um, everyone just goes on and, and all right, let me spend a couple of hours with this and learn it or what? Yeah. 
No, no, they don't. They don't do that. Uh, that would be super great, uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't doesn't work out necessarily for us that way. With Smartsheets in particular, we had uh, one of our our colleagues, our director of people operations, who who found the tool and then started to use it herself. And then actually, Bridget was another early adopter of the technology and started to use it for kind of organizing some of her workflow and projects. And then it became so prominent that it, it actually, and we use it as our performance management tool. So it, it allows us to collaborate across um, all areas and aggregate data. And then now we use it to kind of do dashboarding for our weekly firm-wide team updates. So, so what ended up happening was we tested it out. A couple people became champions of it. And then they became the kind of the advocates for the tool. We put a plan to roll it out to the whole firm. And then um, people have been, we've been doing trainings and then you've been forced to use Smartsheets specifically if you have, if you're involved in various projects. Right, right. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks. And that, that's how a lot of, I think our technology starts is it's one person really involved in understanding it, becoming the expert. And then you, there's a couple more people. And typically on that second level, we do um, project based. So really something mm. that is going to be implemented and not just, you know, a, a training exercise, but then something that's real and used and learning from those projects. Learning by doing. Excellent. Thanks. Great. That's what a lot of uh, folks we've been speaking to. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I want, I want to ask a question. When we uh, had our, our meeting uh, before, you had mentioned something which which was really phenomenal. You actually encourage um, some of your employees to get together, um, you know, outside of work. Um, and I that was just a really uh, interesting idea for me. And I was just wondering if you could share some experiences that your employees have taken to get to, to, to actually get together and then um, how you as a, as a culture have promoted that. Yes. I'll, I'll take a quick lead on that. And then Bridget can share some of her experience because I know that she has them. Uh, so we, we, the, per, the personal aspect of work to me, um, as, as we, we look at like, how are you successful? It's, it's how, how does a company make you feel? Right. How does the employer make you feel? How do your colleagues make you feel? How does your manager make you feel? How does the purpose of the business make you feel? And when it feels like something that matches up with you, then you're going to likely give better service to your clients. You're going to be more productive. You're going to enjoy your work as opposed to when you feel like it's a drag. And, and, and we, we being in the recruiting space, we unfortunately talk to a lot of people that feel like their employer is a drag at the time. That's why they're looking for us to provide that support. And then, so so the the very first intentional way that we we did that, uh, Mitch and Jenny was really around. Let's go to trade show or association based events together. So this was another kind of unintentional, like really cool thing about the culture. We're all working from home, but can we all go to a, a SHRM, an HR event together? Maybe four of us go together. We meet to we meet at the beginning, say hi. We go do our business as it relates to networking and learning. And then we connect with each other while we're there, whether you sit together or uh, when the event's over. So you get a chance to see each other. Kind of this absence makes the heart grow fonder concept of like, I'm going to get small snippets of you. And then and then, and then, then what ends up happening is you'll feel, oh, I have a connection with this person because we have an interest. Now, um, right. Bridget may smile and she, she, she can share her stories, but mine is golf. So I, I love to play golf. So there's a handful of team members that feel comfortable playing golf. So we'll, we'll go out occasionally and uh, either play in an event together or I'll say, hey, on this Friday, is anybody available? We want to go play nine holes and we'll just get together again. There's very little of any 
any work talked about. It's just kids, family, what are you doing this weekend type stuff. Uh, and from a cultural standpoint, us being family oriented, we are a family. We are the Willery family. So it's not just all about work. So we want to make sure that we get to know each other in a personal manner. That's great. Yeah. I, I love, I, I love um, the, the heart, um, the absence makes, makes the heart grow fonder philosophy <laughs> of culture and leadership. Uh, that, that's a great one. Um, so yeah, Bridget, what were you going to say? Um, and I think when, you know, anytime you work with people, you get to know them and kind of understand who they are as people. But when you have the opportunity sometimes to maybe be more around their families, uh, you, you get to know who they are truly as people, mm. what is important to them. And I think any parent, you know, will say that their kids are important, but also like how their parenting style is and how that also in a way shows in their work to me is really fascinating. Um, I know we've talked about that uh, our director of operations, Christine and I, we live pretty close. I think we're about a 10 minute drive, which is the closest of any of our team members. And we have kids that are, my daughter is 18 months younger than her youngest. And so there's like an 18 month spread and, you know, she's, she gives us, you know, hand-me-down clothes all the time and (laughs) meet up like, there's been a couple times when the kids are out of school, but we're working where they go, you know, pre COVID, they, they go to gymnastics. We sit and have our meeting while they're in gymnastics. And it's a really good way to kind of get that balance out of, you know, people and coworker. And uh, what we have heard is the virtual environment almost makes folks more focused. So for example, I'm going to be more focused about some outside time with this person I like. I'm going to be more focused during a particular meeting to socialize. Whereas when you're in the office every day and you take that off for granted, that, oh, well, I'll blow off that Thursday birthday party, right? So a a lot of more interaction seems to be happening. Yeah. yeah I no, think- one thing I'll share to that point, Ginny, it's great, is that we, we started recently, probably in the last six months, when we come to our team meetings to provide our commitment level we have to that meeting. And sometimes that commitment level, you, you come with baggage, right? You come with issues that are going on at home or in your personal life or that just happened. And we, we've created a really unique, safe place. There's been a lot of great sharing in that in front of the whole team. Like, hey, I just want to let you guys know that, you know, fill in the blank issues going on at home and I'm here, I'm committed to the meeting, but I just want you to know if I have to hop off in an hour, that's why. Like I I had an example of that. Like we had a team meeting and my wife unfortunately had a really bad migraine and I was supposed to be presenting on a topic. And I said, guys, I got to take the kids to the dermatologist and 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 I don't have a choice, right? My wife's laying in bed. Um, and so I'm committed to the meeting, but I have this distraction and I guess maybe it's easier when I'm the owner. People may not question that as much, but we totally understand the uniqueness that happened in life and in, within your work, uh, because the most challenging part is your, your work is your home and your home is your work. In some regards, those lines kind of, you know, they, they, they blend in all too often. And you do have to, if you're not focused on it, Ginny, you're not going to be productive working from home. Mm-hmm. You're really not. 
you, you're going to well, be you just explained. The, yeah, you're going to be distracted uh, by the, yeah. the tra trash truck coming or the mail guy or you yes. see the kids walking outside or I got to do laundry or you go to have lunch real quick and the next thing you know it's two hours later and you're out there mulching your front yard. Like <laughs> there's a lot of distractions that can come up to it. And if you're not focused on getting your work done, then you, you've got some you've got some unique challenges in a virtual environment being successful. Mm -hmm. And that's where the trust and accountability comes in that, that you mentioned. How did you get turned on to difficult conversations and emotional intelligence and, and that side of things, which is what I am all about? Uh, did you read, called in a consultant? And how do you bring people, new people on who may have not been exposed to it yet? Yeah, no, great question. So, so I I had read and been knowledgeable of, of EQ through the work that we do in HR. Uh, I had not necessarily had as much exposure to the crucial conversation, crucial uh, accountability. Uh, one one of my dear friends and a consultant for our firm uh, had recommended, based upon some challenges we had within the business, that we do kind of a firm wide um, kind of re read or book book club on EQ. Uh, 2.0, and then also on crucial conversations, crucial accountability. So over about an 18-month period, we did a series of readings, and then a part of the trainings that we did, Ginny, were specifically talking about the, the book, the chapter in the book, what did we learn, what did we feel, and then we did some role-playing, and then we put those actions into those, those practices and suggestions into actions when we do have conversations. So you'll hear a lot of thank you for sharing within uh -huh. the firm. Um, you'll hear a lot of, I'm going to listen. I want to understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, uh, the, the kind of the, the, the self-awareness, um, relationship management. And then for new people, um, we, we have a program that we developed to, to encourage them to read those books as well. And then they'll, they'll work with that, uh, consultant directly oh, um, so that they can become knowledgeable and skilled and use those disciplines in, in their personal life, as well as working at Willery. Exactly. That's wonderful. Great. I wanted to ask, um, you know, you had mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago that one of the qualities that you're looking for in an employee is, um, you know, being able to not get distracted and, and mulch their yards. Um, <laughs> that I was wondering, you know, in this time um, where we, and you've, you've experienced it for 10 years, what are some of the qualities that you're finding that leaders, you know, need to have, whether they're new qualities or whether they need to dive down deeper but um, one would imagine that to be a leader today or manager today, you, you have to have something that might be a little bit different since you're always leading from, you know, a broadband pipe. Yeah, sure. I think, well, first and foremost, to be a leader within a business, in my opinion, wh whether you, you're, you're the founder or a director or you just so happen to um, be in a, in a production based role, you got to believe you got to believe in what it is that the firm or company does. Uh, what its purpose is and the products and services you deliver to the community. If you don't, if you don't believe that, you're not going to be productive, in, in my opinion. Uh, we've seen it all too often, like in sports, where a player doesn't he love he or she loves to play that sport, but they don't like the team they're on, and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden you hear, uh, and and suddenly then they're not on the team anymore. Uh, for me, as a as a as a as a as a leader, especially with the COVID scenarios, that I've been working really diligently on clarity. And, and specificity around the clarity of things that we're going to do, uh, which allows us to focus and then allows us to create that that commitment that I think we need to be successful. And then I'd say I've probably been 
I'm not over communicating, but I've, I've been more so communicating on the status of where the firm is uh, verbally on our team meetings and then also in writing to the group. I think uh, I've gotten positive feedback from that, that. And then we're using data to make decisions. One of the technologies we talked about, Microsoft Office and Smartsheets and our Bullhorn ATS and HubSpot. Uh, we also use a tool called Insight Squared that, again, aggregates all that data and shows us how people are doing from an activity perspective so we can see it real time. So if someone is having a bad week, I can rec- I can see that by Wednesday and reach out to them and say, hey, what's going on? I see you haven't, haven't had as many of your outbound calls or you haven't had as many of the meetings that you're supposed to have or your, your billable hours are down. Uh, and we can use that 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 tool to then manage and deal with, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I've got an issue with one of my family members or my dog's been sick or, you know, I've been trying really hard, but I have, I, I'm, I'm not getting the productivity that I want. Uh, so, so th- th- those would be the, the, the ways by which um, I think you manage through, through that in this day and age and frankly, going forward. I think something else that's important as a leader in kind of today's society is to be a creative problem solver. Um, I, for a long time, have followed the adage, you know, don't present a problem unless you have an idea for a solution. And I think that's really important because otherwise you're just, it's pointless criticism. So beyond being creative, problem solving, also being innovative and not always looking at something as the status quo, really changes a lot of perspective and how you approach situations. Um, and by doing so, you add in a flexibility that I think leaders who are just very regimented don't have. I see. Great. Thank you. Um, it seems like there's a lot of empathy in your company. Um, you're a family-focused company. Um, it seems like, you know, you're, even the way you were questioning, John, when someone was falling behind, it was like, hey, is there something going on that, that I really need to know of? Are is this a time um, where leaders need to really learn how to be more empathetic? And, and if so, like, how are you, how are you developing the people in your company to, um, to be more empathetic? Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's more paramount than ever. I mean, right now we're dealing with um, many of our employees and staff members con- considering their options of what to do with their kids when they go back to school. And so we, we've we've had intentional communication with them. Um, uh, is it, a- empathy, I, I believe, is a trait you can learn. Uh, and and in our core value of seek to understand, that's at kind of the the main premise of that. Like, what what are you going through? Why is it happening? Before I start to pound the desk and say you need to make more <laughs> sales calls, right? Let me help understand where you're coming from, because pe- people appreciate that. And a lot of times, if you're not empathetic to how people are feeling, especially under a uniquely stressful situation, which is COVID, balance that with you know the social injustice and the protesting that's going going on. That's maybe highly, maybe more so politicized than maybe people want to 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 have it be. And then you deal with also then my kids and going back to school and the dynamic of that. Like there's a lot of moving parts. And oh, by the way, do your job really well uh, and do it from home without you know being distracted by all the distractions. Like you, you generally have to be like clueless to not realize that there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts. And how do we maintain productivity with maintaining the balance for our people? To, 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 to have that harmony between working and their personal life. And it's, it's been really, really hard lately. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So we've done a lot of listening. Um, we've been empathetic. Luckily for us, we've been performing well. Um, this this did not, and we saw we saw a change in our business for sure. Uh, but we've been performing okay in, in the midst of it, and and we're fine with that, right? We're fine. We're fine with that. We're not looking to set like major records in 2020 for our business, and that that's kind of a a reset for us. That uh, I think we had to humbly look at all that was going on. Great, um, Bridget. What keeps you at Willery? Because again, you're you're. I, I see the banner behind you. Is that a real banner? Or is that just a? Uh... It is a. It is a real banner. The real banner. Um, it is our event backdrop. Okay. And so we had planned to unveil an entirely new booth at an event that was scheduled for March 11th through 13th. And so we did not get to unveil that brand new booth and everything was sitting in my home office. And I kept looking at it and I was just so sad that it didn't get to see the light of day. So I'm like, I'm putting it up. And now it sits here and it's just, you know, it's, it matches my office very well. So I enjoy having it. Um, but to answer the question, what keeps me at Willery, I think, is the understanding that what I do makes a difference. Um, as an organization, we truly believe in the work that we do in HR and payroll. Um, I do not come from that background, obviously being in marketing, but I believe and how HR professionals can empower the organizations they work for. We all know how important it is to be um, enthusiastic about where you work, that it changes your entire perspective. We spend at least typically eight hours a day at work. And if you're unhappy at work, how does that impact the rest of your life? You can't just shut it off. So I believe in what we do. I am believe in our uh, purpose to empower people. But then I truly enjoy my coworkers, as I think you guys have caught on, because everyone is just unique in their approach. And everyone has these really great stories behind them. And I just, you know, being a team that is small and tight knit, we're able to get to know people really well. So there's, you know, the environment in which I work, so the people and the jobs that we're doing, and then I think also the opportunity to try different things and grow, you know, occasionally fail and skin my knee, but, you know, knowing that I have kind of the support of our team in trying new initiatives is really important. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors. Marymount University, Arlington, Virginia, School of Business and Technology, Innovative Solutions, Upskilling for the What's Next Economy at marymount.edu, and Oyster Organizational Development, dedicated to higher performance, business success, and leveraging teams. They can be found at oysterod.com. And finally, WeJungo, designing customized talent acquisition solutions at We. J-U-N-G-O dot com. Um, John, you have so much um, experience in in running a virtual company for 10 years. You might consider writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Funny you might say that, Mitch. Yeah. I, I just thought, you know, I might say that, John. Yeah. 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 So it t- turns out actually I'm writing two books. I have Bridget to, to, to give credit to both of that. Um, 
so th this is this is my journey on the book and, and where we're going with it. So um, regretfully, my dad passed away March of this year. I'm and uh, whenever you lose someone as important as he was in my life, especially from a business and golf perspective, my dad had a, a major influence on my, my professional business career. Uh, you kind of reconcile, okay, what, what, what have I done in my life that, that I'm proud of? What could I be doing better, differently? And then what did I not do that I wanted to do? And, and of the book was the number one thing on my list professionally that I had not done, that I aspired to do. Bridget had encouraged me a few times to do it, and I would make every excuse in the book to not. So I said, I'm not going to make the excuse. And so we, we started um, writing. I started writing a book called I Got It All Wrong, which was about bus business, business success and failure, like what I thought business success was before I started a company. And now what I view business success to be, they are categorically different. And my right. guess is I'm not the only one that feels that way. And then in that book, the, the thought of you know working in a traditional corporate brick and mortar office setting and how you know transitioning over the last 10 years into being 100% virtual office and what I thought business was supposed to be. And, and I'd be so proud to have a building with Willary's name on it and have a yeah. corner office with my, my name on it. And I, I don't want any of those things. Uh, so, so I started that journey and I'm maybe about 10 or 15% of the way there. And then I get this epiphany of, um, I, I, our 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary is coming up in, in October. And uh, I've been doing this presentation for the HR community called HR Like a Boss. So it's about just being an awesome HR professional, really being a business person first. It just so happens to practice human resources. And it's about thinking different, being different, and taking action. And so I had this idea that maybe I should be writing that book first that aligns with our 10-year anniversary. And I gave that idea to Bridget. She's like, yes, please, can we do that? So I'm simultaneously writing two books, um, wow. hoping to have uh, obviously the one done by end of October. And then I got it all wrong. We're probably, I'm hoping to have uh, done by the beginning of 2021. Uh, so that uh, I went from writing no books to writing two books. And I have a third one in my mind that I want to do next. Which <laughs> there's no crazy. stopping you. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just like slightly somewhat, there's something wrong with me. I think that's what I keep telling myself. And I'm, and, and about your own leadership journey, right? I think um, writing these books are probably solidifying yourself, the self-reflection about here's what I stand for. And here's what I can share and teach others. Yeah. Um, uh, Mitch knows that my definition or one piece of being a leader, I believe, is being a teacher. And uh, sounds like that's what you're you're doing right now. I, I guess I guess it's maybe humility or embarrassment or I don't know what like I. I, I feel generally confident in myself and what we're doing. We've, we've done some pretty cool things at Willery, but I, I just. Outside of the semblance of my little ecosystem, does anybody else really care? Uh, that's how I look at it. And I've been pushed to say, well, just put it out there and then see see what the, like, I'm a big believer in the market. The market will tell me how good of an idea the book was, because if it sells 10, then it was a good idea to get it off my chest. If I sell a million, then, oh my gosh, somebody really likes this idea and there's something here to it. So Fabulous. I wanted to ask uh, two last questions. Um, and I'll ask uh, Bridget first, then we'll end with John. Um, yes, you've been virtual for the last 10 years. 
Um, and we've been in, in a pandemic for the last, let's say four or five months. Um, <laughs> where have you grown, um, most, you know, in your leadership, um, over the last four or five months as, as, um, you know, we're going through, uh, social unrest, uh, and, and health pandemics and, um, and a lot of fear, um, where, where have you been contemplating and where have you grown the most over the last uh, few months, uh, at, at, at Willery? I think one of my areas for growth has been probably developed over the last few years is kind of that business background. I am infamously bad with numbers and math. And, you know, over the last two years or so, really kind of dedicated to that, those numbers and looking at how all these different things fit together from a business perspective and making decisions based on that, as opposed to just, I really like this person, let's not impact their lives. Um, so that's one area. And then also taking what I know is going on in the world and where we maybe need to position ourselves on a conversation. Whereas before I would have been quiet, like maybe we don't say anything. Let's just not ruffle any feathers. Um, finding that balance between what is going on in the world, where we need to say something and sometimes where we don't need to say something, mm -hmm. but also let's not be the last person to say something. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. And John? Yeah, I'd say for me, most specifically has just been around clarity, right? Clarity as the, as when I started the firm back, you know, 10 years ago and kind of right around this time, 10 years ago, I had this idea in my head and I just so happened to join my two kids' names together that came Will and Mallory became Willery, which was a really cool, like at the moment, like that seems neat. And then <laughs> the marketing consultant we hired was like, you have any names? And I rattled the names off and that that's it, right? That's the one. And so it's in that family first whole concept and, you know, who doesn't like two cute little kids, right. um, in, in that. <laughs> but it was just me. So like I would sell the deal, I would go and consult on the project. I would send out the invoice. I would be the AP manager. I would, you know, open the door and close the door, turn the lights on computer IT person. And as, as the business grew, right. I still managed myself in the business in that way. Like, okay, I'm just doing all this stuff. You, you, you all will figure it out and come along. Luckily, I hired some people that were generally flexible and, and thought that I, I wasn't as, as you know, kind of out of my mind as maybe if you look back, I might've been. Um, but the fact that the more that we grow and the more complex our business gets with either more people or new clients or new services, that clarity on like, what are we trying to do? Our purpose is to empower people, right? That's what we're trying to do and everything that we're trying to do. And, and you as an employee, we want to keep to those core values of greatness through accountability and live by the golden rule and, and seek to understand and um, do things with enthusiasm. But at the same time, we want, if you think of it simply, and I just want to make an impact, what kind of impact are you making on people? And so if, if I'm, that's a, all I just said is it sounds simple, but it's a lot when you get 10, 12, 20, 40 people into a business. Uh, so for me as the owner, creating that clarity and kind of mission critical of, is what we're doing right now, empowering people. Is it serving our purpose? Is it good for our employees? Is it good for our clients? Is it good for the firm? And if we can do, if we answer yes to all four of those things, we're more than likely going to find a way to do it. If not, we're going to kind of, it might get, it might get tabled for another time. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I, I really want to thank you, Bridget and John. 
um, for this time together. I really am stepping away from understanding that uh, the way a company really works virtually is staying really clear on their mission and making sure that it runs through you know every aspect of every interaction, every conversation that you guys have. So thank you again uh, for yes, helping us with another episode so of Team Anywhere. And we, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 